This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar. The freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Okay, welcome back to Swan's Cast Weekly, everyone. So um, this is the second episode of our new format. So uh, as we said last time, if you're not aware, we're going to be doing a weekly sort of uh, recap on all the games that might have happened in last week and then look forward to any games coming up and talk about any news or issues ongoing in the club at the moment and maybe talk about any highlights and stuff or uh, bits of interest in the whole league in general or in football um, on a weekly basis so once a week we look to get out Monday or Tuesday probably as we move on into the season obviously a little bit different now because it's pre-season so we're not necessarily doing full-on pre-match post-match talk we'll touch on the friendlies a little bit um, but I think there's some bigger pills to swallow and news to talk about right now so that's what we're gonna get straight into so i've got lee along for the ride with me today so welcome back lee. hello um swansea's managerial search then so we said in the last video <laughs> it looks nailed on that we're gonna have the new manager and you could pronounce his name better than me so if you want to Say, yeah, I, it looked I, like. Probably. Well, yeah, this this time last week, it looks like it was going. It looked like it was going to be Eustace. Yeah, so keep um, as assistant manager for anyone that's unaware. Um, yeah. and I believe he pretty much was a done deal, from what we understand. Um, and he wanted the job because everyone did get a bit annoyed when all of a sudden he wasn't getting it because of the length of time the manager search is taking. I think we included. We're like, what's going on here? It's a bit weird. But by all accounts, and believe what you want to believe, obviously no one knows for certain, but apparently he really wanted the job, but some personal reasons got in the way, and we don't really know the ins and outs of what they are, but that's why it's not happened, basically. So, you know, take from that what you will, but um, that's the situation that we're in. So, moving on, it looks like we've now got three candidates, um, being John Terry... But more so, Russell Martin or Jody Morris in the last couple of days. Uh, they've all sort of had a period, I think, as favourite, all three of them. Like, yeah. this, in the last 24 to 48 hours, the three of them have rotated around who's favourite. So the bookies might know a little bit, but clearly don't know necessarily the direction it's going. Maybe there's been some talks. I believe Jody Morris has been in talks. Maybe Russell Martin is currently now the favourite, so maybe he's in talks now. But again, nobody knows for certain what's going on. We're just kind of trying to pick up the breadcrumbs and follow the trail and work out who's going to be the manager with, like, what is it? Like, 
ten days. Week and a half. Ten days, yeah. if that, until the season kicks off at this point. Um, so, what's, what, what's your take currently on the managerial situation? Well, first of all, on the Eustace thing, it may, it may it may well be personal reasons. Fair enough, he's probably settled, you know, in in London with QPR, and now there may be personal reasons. But as a young manager, as your first job, would you take over the Swans right now? And I wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. See, for me, I think the only reason you would take over the Swans right now is if you're a young manager looking for your first job. I think if you've already oh, like the same reasons Cooper's left. If you've already done a decent job somewhere. And you're either at a club looking to progress or you're maybe not at a club looking to progress, but say in a championship looking to progress or you're like Eddie Howe or Frank Lampard who's done it and you've done a decent job somewhere, shown you can do it. Now, you know, you can go to that next level. You wouldn't want to take this sort of job because it's like I could go there and take a massive backward step if it doesn't work out. And it might not be my fault because I'm not going to have any resources. Like, we've been punching above our way for so long that one day one of these managers is going to come in and just not be able, not have a good season. And it might not necessarily be their fault. You know, you might have a load of injuries. All of a sudden, the squad is like, looks really bad. There's no players. Like, there's no experience. There's no quality compared to the last couple of years. And all of a sudden, that manager finishes near relegation battle and gets sacked. And all of a sudden, Eddie Howe and Frank Lampard look a bit worse than what they looked before. Just using those two as an example, because, or Chris Wilder, because they're the like names that have been recently successful, out of work for a while, maybe they'll take a top championship job, bottom Premier League job, that sort of area. Um, and based on our season last year, top championship job technically is where you would say we are. But the reality is we're probably not. So that's why I'm saying, if you're going for your first managerial job, it's worth taking the risk of this role, like Steve Cooper, like Graham Potter, because if you can be successful... You've done an amazing job, like Steve Cooper, because of the restrictions and the financial like restrictions you've got. If you can pull through, finish, have a good finish, all of a sudden your stock is up here, yeah? Graham Potter got scouted by Brighton, got gone there, and as much as Steve Cooper didn't get the Premier League job, he had talks with two or three of them. So they're interested. Um, whereas, So they've got nothing to lose, because if it doesn't work for that manager you're probably going to get another chance somewhere else, maybe in League One, but you, it's not the end of the world. Whereas for someone who has had success before, gone to a tough job and then can't do it, more questions are asked then, like, I oh, can't do it when it gets a bit tough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get I get what you mean, totally. And I think we will have, we won't, we won't have a big name anyway. We won't have a big name manager who's been there and done it. But what I'm saying is, like, like I would agree with you about like young managers, but I don't think we've got the pick of the bunch of good young managers Probably because the they won't with the timing of the season, a week and a half before the season starts, Porter and Cooper come in and take on a project where they've got all summer to see what they've got to build. They had parachute payments, even though obviously we didn't spend that much money. Um, we're at a time where we've brought in no players. Looks like our club captain's going to leave. Um, there's a week to the start of the season. Would you take this as your first jump? And I personally, I wouldn't. So I think we are going to struggle to find. Yeah. You know, it may work out. It may work out. I think you know? there is some managers that will Yeah, I can understand why some managers will not yeah. take it for personal reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay, that's fair enough. I, I Yeah, I do agree with you to an extent. But like, I think the really ambitious ones yeah. will see it as a chance and use it as oh, a challenge. So like, it's just going to be another situation, though, wherever one of these, Jody Morris or uh, Russell Martin or John Terry, if they came in and did a good job this season, it's quite likely we might have to find a new manager again next year. And that's the sort <laughs> well, of, yeah. that's what I mean. If it, one of these young managers that's happy to take a gamble, first job or second job, um, hard situation, backs their ability to, to do it, even if it's like getting an average group of players with minimum resources and a bunch of youth products playing a certain brand of football, even if it's a mid-table finish and it's considered, oh, he's done really good in the circumstances, their stock just rises and then they might try and jump ship next year anyway. And just like, oh, one year, bit of an odd job for a year, and then I'm going to get a nice, like, a nice, you know, bit of a kitty, like, something like that. Do you know, like the, the classic, they'll go yeah. here and then go somewhere like Stoke who likes to spend money, but then everyone fails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah. No. Well, that, that's just, that's the model we work in, isn't it? Like I think if, every manager yeah. that comes in's got a got a punch above his weight. If um, 
if if it was competition for these managers and another club was sniffing around them, maybe we wouldn't be the one they go to. But if we are a club sniffing around them, there's a. I just think, you're not an, you're not like say Bournemouth, um, you probably have to get promoted, yeah, even now this season, I would say, or any of the like like Sheffield went um United came down, <clears throat> Fulham, they got new managers didn't they, so like you have to get yeah. promoted probably, at least for us, yeah. if you manage to do anything good this season, on your CV that's going to look fantastic. So if, oh yeah, if it would. Yeah. Whoever well, if... gamble and you do it like. It's good for them, and if anyone comes in and you know we have a good season, then they're they're a fantastic manager. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Um, and like you said, some will want the challenge of that. They might look at that and think, yeah. "Oh yeah, you know, I'll back myself to do that. I can do this job." I just think the timing of it. Looking at Russell Martin may come in. He would have done all preseason now with MK Dons. Yeah, he'd be the one I'm most surprised at because he's already got a role, yeah. but he's got a project ongoing. He's building a style of play there. He's quite well respected. So for him, he's more of a gamble. The only thing, the only reason he probably would do it is because he is going up a league. Um, we are probably still considered top end of Championship, even if as fans we're a bit concerned that we might not hold on to that status this season. Um, this. This is going to bring me back now to when we talked about last week, when we said about they had... Why was Cooper there for two weeks more? What was I, that about? I think like they must they have thought know. that, that Ust- stance was going to come. They must have thought it was happening. But why weren't they in talks with him two weeks earlier? Well, they must have been, but then they were only just about ready to sign the contract. Maybe because of the stuff that Cooper said in the media after the friendly the other day, they just thought, oh, like, we nearly got a guy, let's just call it a day now. Um, I don't know. To be honest, it's all weird. Anyway, they've all, they've handled it wrong. I'm just trying. Oh, to, I'm just tragic. trying to get my head into why they've done it. I can't justify it. It's I'm absolutely just trying, tragic. Trying to yeah, understand I, it, but I just yeah, you can't justify it at all. No, I know. I obviously it's, this is all like hindsight. Now this is the the position that they're in, so this is what they've got to deal with. But yeah. I'm just just going back, and I just can't get my head around how bad situation has been handled maybe they were holding out for Cooper for compensation like we said but if if he was looking elsewhere he should have been gone like after the playoff final yeah they should have and we should have had a summer maybe they should have taken less compensation knowing that they're going to get rid of him anyway and then maybe <laughs> he would have gone to Palace maybe that was the issue why he didn't go how much compensation can how much yeah something like that um, but now they've got nothing so yeah, nothing and no manager with a week left. Yeah, and I know you're saying, like, that's why it's an hard job to come into with no pre-season. I think for, like, Jody Morris or John Terry, without a manager job, they're, like, sister managers, essentially, and they who have been. Maybe it's less of a risk yeah. for them because it's the first rule. I think they're both going to have a contact book similar to Cooper as well, uh, which is yeah. probably a bonus there. I'm not sure what their style of play is going to bring. With Russell Martin, he's probably going to bring the attractive brand of football our Swans fans have been asking for. Maybe not the contacts, but then the advantages that come with the style of play and players might want to come in for that. Um, we'll be on board with that. Because again, they can yeah. do the same. Oh, I can go and play in this system and play well and then I'll get a move. Um, yeah. I think everyone's going to see us as that sort of club now though. You just look at, we'll talk about Grimes later, but there's no reason to stay here longer. You know the club's getting shafted. You know it's like, you know you're probably going to be sold even if you don't want to leave. If you have a good season or two, they're probably going to sell you anyway. So you may as well just view it as a stepping stone. Yeah, I think we've settled nicely into that bracket now, firmly. Um, if if we break it down realistically, like I know, I think John Terry shot up to like favourite, didn't he? Because he left his role at um, yeah, that's so Villa. coincidental. You had to ask the question. I know it, it was a bit strange that he left his role and then yeah, maybe maybe there was something, but I. I can't see that happening. Even when like he left, I thought there's no way. Surely he's going to attract a tidy fee of wages. I'd imagine just because of who he is. Still, first manager um, role though, and it's not representative. Even if you're a pass. Yeah, player, I know, but be... you you'd be looking at like you know he wants to sort of be in the mold of like Gerard and Lampard, doesn't he? Where he's instantly sort of successful and maybe gets another move after you know a year or two. Um. So I'd be surprised if he took this on, because he's he's as you said he is like it would be his first job, 
but he's a he's a reputation. He's going to build. He's trying to build a reputation, isn't he? Yeah, the difference to Lampard and Gerrard with him as well. He did do three years of assistant manager experience, didn't he? So, I think he goes. I think he goes massively backwards. Like if he because of who he is, if he comes into a championship job and like fails, I don't think he gets another. Yeah, but any any manager that fails, isn't it? But like Rooney is probably the the one that's. Well, I don't know where is he going to go next because he's not. I want to go. I, 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 I well as bad as we think. Our preseason is going. It could be worse if you look at derbies. Because yeah. yeah, they're probably the only I mean, team that's having the worst time. Can you imagine us. before Cooper left and he's just like, it comes out that he's injured Ryan Bennett for like eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone through him in training. Yeah, and be pictured coming out of the um, the Marriott hotel down the marina with like eight girls, like half naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I've got on him. Good on you, Steve. <laughs> good on you, Steve. Um, I'm just looking at the odds in front of me. So, Russell Martin is 1 to 2 favourite at the moment, quite heavily. Um, Jody Morris, 72. He was heavily favourite this morning, though, I think. Even. Um, yeah. John Terry, 4 to 1 now. So, he has dropped down a bit. And then it's a massive jump to Mickey Flynn, who's 18 to 1. And Cameron Toshak's fallen right off 20 to 1, which makes me think, again, he was there or thereabouts, and they've decided nah. They, like, he's always there, though, isn't he? Like, I do feel a bit sorry for him because basically, like, he has tried to get some manager jobs, and I, I wouldn't have been too disappointed if they went for him because at least he's through the academy. They played the style they were asking for. They'd done well. I know it was him and um, can't remember his name. The other, the other guy. They, there's two of them on there that they operated together. In a youth team when they were successful. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember his name. The names escape my mind. I'm sure someone yeah. in the comments will let us know. Um, but yeah, so like, oh, Russell Martin's now one to four. Just changed. Literally I think just it looks like, looks gone, like it's going to be him. He's gone up. He's gone up. He's even more favourite now. Live on yeah, air. I think it looks like. Live on air, he's even more favourite, but it's not suspended yet. But oh, we've got more updates. Jody Morris is now five to one. Shot right down. John looks Terry, like again to one. Looks like again it might be Russell Martin, but we said this last week. But it looks like it might be him. I, to be honest, I think we're going to get lucky with this because if we do manage to get him in, I think uh, it'd be a good appointment because I think he's done all right with MK Dons. I read a stat somewhere that only Barcelona and Man City had a higher percentage of possession. Last season, so it's like Brendan Rogers took us to the Prem in that one season where we were competing like with all, all them in the stats like Leon Britton and Mark Gower like well Mark Gower had the most assists or whatever it was or chances yeah. created or something, wasn't it? Something like key that. Yeah. Passes, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Look, I mean, that's how we did. Like, that's how we did it the first time in it. Really, I don't know whether you can. Arguably, it's harder to do it the way we got to Premier League the first time. is harder to do do it like that now, especially with the parachute money influence, the clubs that are, can actually use that money, not just to run the club like Fulham right now. Well, obviously, when we came down, we had to use the money, depends what you believe, I'm not here to argue about that, to run the club, yeah? That's what we had to use the money for. Um, Fulham have used the money to buy Harry Wilson, potentially Matt Grimes, and are basically the only team in the championship chucking money around. Because as much as I posted on Twitter the other day, having a bit of a Bit of a disappointed tweet about Mac Grimes' sale and for the fee, which we'll go into in a bit of detail in a minute. I know there's a bit of a discussion and disagreement on that. Um, but then I, out of interest, I just had a look at the championship and who's spending money and how much and what players are moving around. And I would say 98% of transfers that high that have been done this season are free transfers or loans. There's no money being spent. Yeah. So um and 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 speak and and to be fair we've actually spent money we've actually bought like a player for like one point eight million maybe something like that I don't know what was Joe yeah, he's, like he's, yeah, like he's over a million yeah over yeah one point so that immediately puts us in like the top five spenders I think yeah which is crazy because we're all having a moan about not spending money but um yeah so I guess maybe that's a reality really of a COVID hit football world and maybe this is. Maybe not, not all of the football leagues like the top teams in like the Premier League and 
especially the Premier League because of the TV money they get. Some of the other high European leagues, although you hear the likes of Barcelona really struggling with money at the moment, um, hence the Super League. And maybe this is COVID's great reset of like football in terms of money, which needed to happen because transfer fees were getting out of hand. So let's see how long that lasts yeah. for and if it actually has a long-term effect. It's a good shout. You'd think that, but then... 12 million for Harry Wilson in the championship is absolutely ridiculous money. Yeah, but I sort of mean there's less of it going on though. Oh yeah, oh definitely less of it going on. But but also we'll see what the effect is because every time we have a summer tournament like the Euros were on, there's always a bit of a delay with like transfers going on because players come back late and and stuff like that. Yeah. But we'll yeah we'll see. Maybe with, but there's with, been a lot of transfers. There has been a lot of transfers. They're just free. I think you're right. Yeah, you are right though. I think in terms of like. Football needed a reset, and this was probably because of COVID, because it was it was getting silly. Yeah, and um, and the other thing is like, I think Fulham and why they're able to spend so much of this parachute money, they've yo-yoed a bit, and they so they probably got a bit of money in the bank for that. And um, they're a London club for a start. So there's as much as people might not think it, location matters. You're going to get more money just because you're based in London, and if you're based in Swansea or other clubs in in the Championship, like Wickham last year, if they went after the Prem, they're not going to get the same amount of money just on sponsorships and and stuff like that. Like it makes a difference, um, just because of the pull and how much people see things. Like they they drive past the stadium or see your club shop or your branding around the city. If you're in London, a bigger advertiser or a sponsor is going to want to invest. Yeah, and we've seen we saw that all the way through the Premier League, and Bournemouth the same probably. Like they they were quite similar in a similar boat, I would say. Um, some of the smaller clubs, Norwich maybe, but like Watford for example, and and Fulham now they can spend the parachute money as they want really when they come down because they're probably not too bad off anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we won't go into details on that. So other three then happy with if it is going to be Russell Martin or if it's going to be Jody Morris. Um, I think that interview with Russell Martin has been doing the rounds about his style of play. Yeah. People seem quite happy with, with that if, if it was going to be him. Yeah, to be honest, I'd be happy with him. Like, I think we're going to get lucky if we do get him because we, we are getting a young manager that plays the football that everybody wants. So we'll see what happens. But I, I can't wait for next year if it is Russell Martin and we're playing passing football and we've got 90% possession, but we're festering a mid-table. Or like at the lower end of the table, see see what the reaction is then. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of yeah, so that'll be interesting to see. But there'll be some people are like moaning still because you're always going to get that. Yeah, just needs to be like I've said in the last video. But I think everyone needs to reset their expectations a little bit, regardless who comes in. I don't think you should be expecting a playoff push. If you get one, if you're like last season, if they're thereabouts by Christmas, then fair enough. But just don't expect it right now. Because you're going to get disappointed if if it doesn't happen, and I think don't think it's realistic to expect that right now with um, the current situation of who we've lost and haven't replaced. Mainly the loan sign-ins, but then Andre Ayo on a free, and if Mac Rhymes goes, that's massive. Like those two alone, I think it puts us ten places lower in the championship, yeah, if not more. Um, there's not really too much concrete information to talk about with the manager then. So we've just got to wait and see. Um, hopefully next week, by the time we do our next weekly video, we'll actually have a manager. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like Russell Martin would have turned it down for personal reasons. And, yeah, honestly, and then, I think uh, if they run out of managers, they're just going to give it to Alan Tate at this point. Give it, give it to Teddy till the end of the season. Even if it's interim, yeah. <laughs> and then, like what they said when it was um, Alan Curtis... And then all of a sudden, some Italian guy called Guidolin pops up from nowhere. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just out of nowhere. Now I think, uh, finger, well, fingers crossed. I mean, I think this time next week when we do the the video, Russell Martin would have seen him holding the scarf. Yeah, let's hope anyway. And I think he will be someone that can work with the squad to get a good playing style, like the old Brendan Rodgers, Roberto Martinez style, where they didn't need to spend big money on players. I know it was a different world back then. Um, but maybe we'll see something similar. Hopefully, that's what I think. That's what we got hope for. I don't know how realistic it is, but that's what we got hope for. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's move on then. So, Mark Grimes. 
Where do you want? Where do you want to start? Okay, so well, I put out the tweet then, didn't I? So I put out a tweet. So let's just start with this because there's a few discussion points that we can use to sort of bounce off. I think. So I said, if Grimes goes for the low fee that has been reported, there are massive problems here. Why can Winter not get a fee for a player worthy of their ability? And if it's so low, what is the rush to sell him now? You're telling me a Premier League club wouldn't pay more than this fee that's quoted. So um, just for context, there's been a few fees thrown around. I've seen ranging from 3 million to like 4.5 million. And then I've seen that it could rise to 7 million, depending if Fulham get promoted. And it would be like 1.5 million in two installments this season. So it's not even like you're getting the 3 million up front. And then the 4 million if they get promoted. Like all these different things thrown around. So we don't know what the fee would be. And even when he gets sold, it's going to be undi- like undisclosed. So we're not going to know. You'll probably hear roughly what it is. But, you know, you know what it's like. So, so somewhere around that, that ballpark, I just... He's a club captain. He's been very consistent in championship for three years now. He won a player a season in one of those three years. He was our player of the season, isn't he, on, on the channel last season. Um, yeah, I think comfortably. some people don't don't um, appreciate the influence he has in the middle. Sometimes they think he's slow or he doesn't pass it well enough or whatever. He's got to have the options to pass it. He dictates all of our play. You notice when he's not on the pitch, he collects all the ball from the back and tries putting it forward. Sometimes it doesn't always go as forward as quickly as possible. We've got to blame. You can't just blame him for that. It's everyone that is. Um, and I just think you'll miss him when he's not there. There's not another player in that team that does his job. Um, and yeah, people say he's not a good captain. Whatever you want to say, well, he did. He finished sixth and fourth. So if your captain's finishing sixth and fourth, doesn't matter what you think about him. I think he's done a decent job. The players respect him, which is the main, most important thing. Um, I just think that's a low fee. Doesn't matter if he's. I know he's in his last year of his contract, but. They were talking a couple of weeks ago after the playoffs when Newcastle and Southampton were apparently looking at him. They were talking about 12, 15 million. Which I understand yeah. they might not pay that, and that's paper talk. But how do you go down to three to four? Like, how does that happen? And don't tell me that if Newcastle and Southampton are sitting there like, hang on, he's available for that fee. Like, that's that's worth the risk. Even if they think he's a risk, that's why they won't pay the 10, the 12. Surely they'll take a risk of three or four for a midfielder that's going to do a decent job for them. I just, I just, I'm confused. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be a massive, massive miss when he goes. And again, like you said, we like we picked him out so many times last season and said you'll notice when he's not on the pitch. Um, I, I, I don't really understand the criticism. Maybe when we first came down, some people weren't too keen on him. I get that, but last yeah, but season, he had player of the season that year. He started left he played, back and then he went into the field. Yeah, he had, he had more stick under Cooper's first season than yeah, he was great. but I think it's because, so. right, Potter's playing style was like more like what Grimes has probably been used to in the youth academy under Swansea. And he played really well in that style. Cooper's was a bit different. Um, and I think Cooper's playing style in general is what people might not have been happy with. And they were just picking Grimes out as the reason for it. But it's what he's been asked to do, and he's doing the job he's been asked to do for Cooper at a high standard. It's just people are... We know every a lot of people, it's like 50-50, are unhappy with Cooper's playing style. And he's a midfielder who's the centre of that playing style. He's doing what the manager's asking of him. And he's had a good season. Like He might not be doing the fast-paced stuff that he did under Potter, but that's not what Cooper's setting him up to do, is it? Let's be honest. Um, I just... Yeah. I thought he was just thought he was class last season though. Like I don't understand the, the I think he's been made a scapegoat a lot for like when yeah, we yes. played bad and he's been the scapegoat. So um he's got that. But then like people say about the, the playing style and that there were times last season when we did play good football and I remember we highlighted it once where a lot of the good goals that we'd scored last season the good quality goals started with him winning the ball. Yeah, and in every the time we did any midfield and play in the pass. He was always yeah. coming out on top in most of the, the areas. I remember the really good goal we scored against Millwall away, where we like sort of broke and then it, and Jamal Lowe finished it off, and it was a really good goal. It started with him again. He, he wins the ball just in, just like outside the box, and then he plays the ball, and he gets it back, and he's like basically creates that move. And he did that a lot last season, and it goes unnoticed. Um, 
quite get what you're saying. Yeah. I think four million is or three million, whatever it is, is ridiculous to sell your club captain to another team in the same league, whatever position we're in. I think it's ridiculous, and that's where I stand in it. I know people are saying he's in the last year of his contract and 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 all this and what whatever, but what he's worth to the team is more than four million. Like, yeah, you just play out. Other teams, I would, other teams would laugh that off. Other teams would laugh that off. I'd keep him for. I would keep him for another. I year. don't care what everyone's saying. Yeah, but we need the money. This or the other. I'd rather sell. I don't know. Well, George, ask him. George ask Byers. Him. You could probably sell George Byers for two, three million. I would rather keep Matt Grimes for another year. Sell Byers because he was apparently off anyway. Like last week, they were saying he was off anyway. Um, yeah. Keep Grimes for a year, even if he wants to go. And he's not signing a contract. If you're going to sell him for that fee, he's more valuable this year for us finishing probably significantly higher in the league. Um, I think. Well, at least you have a better chance of doing it. You're not going to replace him quality for quality, and who knows what might happen and what this market's going to be like next year and what's available. And the manager, yeah. whoever we get now, will have a year to think about what he's going to do. And how do you know Mac Grimes ain't going to play under this manager and be so so like? You know, actually, I want to stay and play, and probably not going to happen, but it could. Um, I just think for that fee, I'd rather just keep him for another year, um, especially after who we've already lost this season. But then there's a couple of questions that have to be asked with that as well, which again, so I've seen some people brushing off. Um, so, first of all, I mentioned in the tweet why Winter can't get a fee. Everyone had enough to say about the fee for Joe Roden when he got sold last summer. Yeah. I was, I, I was I don't know. I mean, when did Winter start his role? Was it him? Yeah, it was him. Before. It was him because Birch had gone to Spurs, didn't he? Yeah. So okay. So Winter. Everyone questioned the low fee there, and and I'm not. I know he won in the last year of his contract, but there's a theme. Um, actually, was he? I didn't even know. Was Rodon in last year? I don't know. Maybe, I can't remember. Um, um, but there's a theme there that he's got. We all valued the player for the club higher than the fee he managed to get. It seems that clubs can just bully us knowing what position we're in. Yeah, and this but is what we need I mean. to this not is allow them. Like, yeah, yeah, we're desperate for money. Everyone knows about it. But just don't let them bully you. If they want the player, they come and get the player. Like, it's not even... It's not transfer deadline day, and it's like, okay, well, we need the money. That's the last offer we got to get, so let's let them go. For that price, right, you could have... If you haven't sold him by the end of August, you could have said, like, right... He's available for three million, four million. Who wants him? Somebody's going to take him. Somebody's going to come in and take him. Probably a desperate Premier League club will come in and take him. I think at that point. Why do you need to ship uh, him off there, yeah. a month before transfer deadline day for a cheap price? Yeah, I think yeah, and that's what I mean. I like, and I know people are going to throw up the lot. They're like, oh, last year of his contract, so we get nothing, so we lose three million. Yeah. I think it's a combination of things that either they've lost the compensation that they were. Um, Backing on for Cooper, so they want to sell him. Yeah, that that could be one. That could be one thing. But also, it like you said about Winters and that, like, like Winter selling Joe Roden as well for for a small fee. Where is the management of the club, like you said, where we're getting the best value for our assets and we're not? Because three million, four million for your club captain, I still think is a joke. Whatever the situation is, um, whether you know it's the last year of his contract, then why is our club captain yeah. getting to the last year of his He's, contract and yeah, we're being, yeah. and being held question. ransom? That's why is question. that happening all the time? That's the other question I was going to ask because the last three or two years at least, you see all the time articles of how many players are in the last year. Every single season you see that article and there's like 10 first-team players on there. Some of them yeah. then start popping up like in the second half of the season they've signed a contract and Jay Felton did it last year. Um, maybe Cabango. But why why is it always and and then you hear a statement like the like Steve Cooper would, would say I think but he obviously didn't have it wasn't up to him um, but he would say like you know we're concentrating on the season and then we'll discuss in the summer yeah but in the summer there's a year left and all of a sudden everyone's going cheap you yeah. need to get them when it's two years left because then that doesn't happen and if they refuse in then maybe think okay well maybe we'll look at selling them now for like three times as much as what you get for him next year. Or, yeah. or twice as much. Like, why are they always with all these players, letting them run down their contracts so late? They're like, oh, we we can't afford to renew their contracts now, so we won't do it. So then they just go and sell them for cheaper, or just spend a little bit of extra money, renew their contract, and if somebody wants them, they've got to pay for them. Yeah, 
Totally like, agree. If 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 the reason is is last year and that's literally all you could get. And back to what I just said that just now about like waiting another month and see what offers come in. Because you don't know, somebody people are gonna start looking now, a season will start, someone might get injured and they're gonna be looking. Someone was saying in the tweet tweet comments, like, Oh, how do you know you you it's a risk, you might not get another offer for him. I think he's good enough that somebody will bid three million for him all the way up to transfer deadline day. But are, are we are we in that position where we need three million for our captain? Yeah, we're that desperate because that's probably not going to touch the sides. Because if if we are if we're absolutely desperate for three million, then what's going to be left over once they, you know, give the new manager a contract? Are you telling me we can't sign anyone else unless we sell? Well, we signed that Joel Pirro for like one point whatever. I would have. I haven't seen enough of him yet, but rather have kept Grimes. Yeah, well, this, this, yeah, same. I, yeah, I would as well. I think it's the principle of it as well. Again, like selling with with IU gone, potentially selling or your best player and captain on the cheap a week before the season starts. Yeah. Um, like it just, just look, it just looks bad on the club again, doesn't it? And probably yeah. sends a message that with the Roden sale last year and the Grimes sale this year, if it does happen, um. It just sends a message that that's just what we are now. Yeah. Just sell whatever we can, um, and bring in bring in players that are not at the same level, but cheaper. Well, like, there's only one way you go in with that strategy. And if you want to compare, like people say, it's not necessarily with as far as got to do what he's got to do. Two things here. One, one. Look at Daniel Levy. He always manages to be a tough negotiator. He gets what he wants for his players, probably more a lot of the time than what he should get. Like. And then when he comes and buys players, he quite often gets them cheaper. Like Spurs aren't exactly pulling the world, pulling trees up at the moment. It's not like they're. I know they're a Premier League club and they're consistent in terms of being in the top half, but it's not like they're winning things. So why, why, why is he always and and forever has been regarded as this tough chairman that is really good at selling high, buying low, like. Yeah, there's a negotiation process there that we obviously buckle too early at the moment, and especially since Winter's come in. Um, I think Birch did a right with some of his sales, and then when you compare Winter and Birch, even if Birch is doing the same thing right now, selling Grimes for this price, he's putting out a statement explaining exactly why, the reasons behind it, why we need it, how it's going to secure us for the next year, and what the long-term plan is. And, and why this impacts that and what it does and allows us to do in terms of if it allows us to bring players in or what it's going to allow us to do for this season and how it's going to help us. And then yeah. as much as it's a tough pill to swallow, you're kind of like, all oh, right, okay, I get it, fair enough. Appreciate the honesty. Like like when he downgraded the Youth Academy. You know, you just appreciate that communication. Yeah, I think, you don't um... get any of that. And I think that's what's made this so much harder to take. Even if the um, if we look at the other side of the Grimes thing in a second, which I will now, even if the fee is reasonable and for the last year in his contract, you think it's fair enough. It's worse because there's no communication like that. If Birch is here, he gives you that communication, and it's easier for you to take, even like a little bit easier. You kind of you're like right, okay, I don't like it, but all right, fair, I get it. Yeah, well, but the, but this is becoming a real issue because we said the other day when we talked to the. Uh... Um, the guys from Seattle, we said like what like what is the case with the owners? We don't hear from them. They're absent, don't say anything. And where as before, like you said, we were getting it with Birch. We're not getting that now with uh, yeah, well, Winter's with Winter. role is to be here, to be that middleman, and he's not doing it. It's absolutely ridiculous. We've had no communication about like. There's been nothing. Obviously, about, nothing about like nothing after Cooper the leaving. Like. After what's, the playoffs, what's the we've lost now? our manager, we've lost our best player, we're potentially losing the captain. I don't even know what the expectation is of the club, for the club. Where do they think we're going to finish? Like, where this is are what they we expecting want. us to finish? This is what we want. If he comes out and says, like, look, it's another year or two of selling, and we expect to be in this position in two years' time where we can compete again, then you can kind of get on board, like you said, and be a bit gutted. But at the moment, for me, and it well, we were going to go on to it with me about what the owners and how, what sort of state we are now. We in yeah. trouble, and I think we are at the moment. I could be wrong, but we're relying on now Russell Martin or someone to come in and do a fantastic job. But that's not always going to happen. Yeah, 
we're seeing the same erosion of our squad depth as we did when we got relegated from the Premier League. And I'm not saying we're going to get relegated from the Championship. But when when you just keep getting rid of your players, they're all running down the contracts, you're selling them for cheap fees and you're not spending money. All of a sudden, we're left with 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 a pretty average squad. And I thought we had a pretty average squad last year, minus, um, you know, four or five players. Yeah. If Grimes goes now... Um, who is left to attract a fee? Maybe Connor Roberts and Cabango, maybe. Yeah, for me. Someone, someone, someone else may pay. Might, apart from that, a Burnley might pay for Fulton, I think, someone like that. But yeah, maybe, maybe Fulton. Like, so maybe the probably not first choice for them. Um, so, so, so technically, what, what, what I'm saying is, we're we're three player sales away from no one left to sell, and what are we, we going to make money then? Yeah, and we're not going to pay for anyone unless so, someone springs out the academy all of a sudden. But um, yeah, but that's less likely to happen with. Uh, yeah, is that's that's decreasing in likelihood because we've already pulled them all out. It, it takes time to get a couple more, and now yeah, but we spent years, we spent years building up that academy with players yeah, you know, really that we've sold on out in the championship. It's not going to happen in you know the short term. So yeah. for me at the moment, I know it sounds doom and gloom, but I am really worried about the club at the moment with the um, way it's going, with the way they're doing these transfers and. Yeah, well, I got a couple um, more yeah. things on the Grimes thing. I think it's important to look at the other side of the coin because there was a lot of people that did look at it that way. Um, it comes comes back to what I said about the COVID thing. Maybe again, it is actually a sign of COVID that that is all we can get for him. And I bring back the point I made about there's been hardly any money spent in the league, bar Fulham, who seems like the, the parachute money kitty is just a transfer fund for them at this point. They must have been able to run the club, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, just spend that on players." Um, apart from them, everyone seems to be a little bit struggling and doesn't want to spend money. So maybe it is a sign of that. Maybe it is, and maybe that's when I come, come make the point about it being the reset of uh, of fees, especially in the championship and not top leagues anyway. Um, maybe it's just a sign of that, where that is the fee now for that type of player, whereas before covid it would have been twice as much um like seven or eight million probably would have been fair to fulham um based on his last year in the contract i think maybe you'd want more but you probably couldn't be disgruntled with it um so, so yeah you know there is that side of the coin and there was a good discussion on twitter about it some people saying seven million they'd be happy with but then like last year the contracts would get it um other people were like same as us in terms of thinking it was completely ridiculous. Um, I had some people saying it's not the end of the world with Cooper and Grimes going, we may play better. <laughs> like, all right, if you think style of football, maybe like with a, I don't know if Grimes was the problem, but obviously, a different manager might play different football, but like. I don't know if you're going to finish fourth, like. Yeah, but this is, this, is, this, is, this is another issue as well. Everybody's saying about like all the style of play. If, say for example someone comes in and wants to play passing football we haven't got the players that can play that quality football do we i mean potter did it especially with grimes going potter did it but finished mid-table so yeah but potter had a better squad than we've had no i in know the last i know that. i know i know that. i know that but i'm just and that was the frustration no but that was the frustrating thing because everybody squad, lower finish is what i'm saying like yeah i know but everybody absolutely licks Potter's ass because it was like he's the. Yeah, I thought he, he did like play good one He had McBurney, Dan uh, James. Um, Burnie, Dan James. Ramlich was a bit younger still. Van der Horn play was that. playing at the back. Yeah, he started. I know Fernandez only played one game. Olsen was out at the start of the season, only wasn't there because of injury. Montero was there for a bit. Yeah. Um, trying to think of it. There was probably a couple more that we've forgetting. Fur in midfield, and yeah, we said that. But yeah, Carroll. basically, he had a better squad. Tom Carroll. Tom Carroll, yeah. Um, yeah, the better squad. Selena, when you know, when it was his type of game, maybe not Cooper's type of game. Yeah, so there's that. The other thing I want to mention, last thing on this is, apparently, allegedly, uh, one of the final straws in why Steve Cooper left um, was because he knew Grimes was going to be sold this summer, and he just yeah. like had like you know that's enough's enough. He's obviously key in the way Cooper plays. He made him his captain from the moment he walked in. You probably don't want to be told, like, oh, yeah, Grimes is going to be sold this summer. He's like, do you know what? 
saw day. Like, I, it's ridiculous to be honest. Like, yeah, I think you're right. How are you gonna I, you're yeah, gonna I... expect more? From, like, I finished sixth, I finished fourth. Obviously, the logical next thing you expect from me now, after a playoff final defeat, is to go up next season. But you're taking away my captain, and you're not really giving me anything to replace it. Like, yeah, I can understand completely why. Um, that lack of ambition has kind of made him think, well, I've done a good job twice. I think even walking away from the club, I'll be able to get another job. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and he was vocal, as you said, uh, in the second half of the season. Um, anything else you want to say on Grimes then? No, I just gutted. I, like, I, know, I know what people are saying, but I think it's ridiculous. I would rather them... Keep him. Yeah. Keep him, for, keep him for another season. I just wanted to say, um, in regards to the atmosphere on the club or whatever, Owen Tudor Jones was talking about the club on BBC Sport the other day, or yesterday. Yeah, I saw this. Um, and he just saying he fears the club's facing a relegation battle because of the lack of manager, selling Grimes, etc. He did tweet, though, last night. This morning I was worried, this evening less so after reading that Russell Martin might be on the shortlist. Get that compensation paid and he's the man to get the best of the current squad plus any, any new sign-ins by providing the fans with the style of play they crave. So it's nice to hear, at least he thinks, silver lining a little bit, that he might be able to make the best out of a bad situation again. I know but that's like the best we can hope for, but just the name being linked has changed his attitude towards how the season might pan out so I guess we could take a little bit of positivity out of that oh, I agree like I said I think we'll be very very lucky if they bring him in because I think he I think he will do a good job um, yeah. but you said, like you said earlier like if he comes in and does well for a year with that with the squad that's not as good as it was last year and he's going to be off Yeah. Um, with whatever players do well out of the current squad that we do have and then Next year you have a less squad again. Same thing happens. You have a less. You have a. You have a. It's going to be a less quality squad again. Quite a while, probably. Yeah, and Maybe. this is what I'm saying. I I don't think we're going to be in a relegation scrap. Me, well, touch wood, not this year. Um, but if this if this path continues, then we will be. I don't want to keep repeating Maybe. myself, right? But this is kind of what happened to Brentford for years and years. Yeah, they sell the best players. Cycle. Yeah, do but, well, sell a bit. But this is what I was going to say. They got really good fees for their players managed to actually reinvest it in the club and in the squad and eventually had enough of a squad not just the star players they had that they they did really well two years in a row and went up that's what we need to be yeah, doing did. if this is the model we're doing we're just not doing it good enough because we're not getting the money we need to put it back in to actually keep our like sustain that sort of challenge to eventually get over the line um yeah We've got, point, yeah. got players that can go for those sort of fees. Well, we had had players that could go for those sort of fees. Like if Ollie <laughs> Watkins is selling for that price, McBurney should be selling for that price. Yeah, so, rough. You, you, you'd argue, or like, I know, we, we I know we did money. go for high. I know we did go for high, but like then you got to put it back in, haven't you? And that's that's a different question. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying, though. But that's what I keep saying about the erosion of the squad. You're selling players and bringing in players that are not as quality, whereas Brentford did. You know, almost the opposite, yeah, where they were getting, like they were managing their squad very well in the sense that they were getting big fees yeah. for their big players, and re- they spent like ten million on Ivan Tony, and he was a League One player. You tell me, Matt Grimes is worth three million, and you you must have scouted him and been a very confident in him to spend that money on a League One player. Yeah, and to be fair, it worked like it was good, well done. Um, but yeah, you're right. If and Matt Grimes goes for three million, Ivan Tony Young went down to League One to get his career going. No player should be sold from League One for 10 million, really. I think it was like five going up to 10, but yeah, but still, still, they would have paid 10, million, huge, 10 million. That's a huge fee for League One. You'd never get that, like even two, three years ago. Doesn't matter no. who they are. Um, no. Anyway. That's investing the money back in your club responsibly anyway, but then, yeah, anyway, we could go on about that all night. Yeah. A um, couple of more things to touch on before we end. So, this week, there's been a couple of friendlies. Obviously, we had the three against Newport that were all behind closed doors. The, the one and then the two that were arranged because of um, cancellation with uh, one of the... Swindon, was it? 
cancellation of Swindon, so they mm. had more games against Newport. Swindon and Bristol Rovers. Yeah, so Bristol Rovers being cancelled now on the weekend, just gone. Um, apparently because some of the our squad had COVID. Um, was Fulton one of them? Grimes? Yeah, it was Fulton and Grimes, wasn't it? So and Grimes probably ain't going to go until he's not got COVID anymore, so it might be a bit quiet for a couple of days. They did say medical towards the end of the week, so maybe that's when his isolation finishes. Yeah, probably. That's what all the reports were saying. Um, so yeah, so that got cancelled. Um, so we got Forest Green tomorrow, and then Southampton on Saturday. I say tomorrow. Forest Green's on Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday, so obviously it depends when you're watching the video or when it goes live, um, or or listening on Spotify if you're not watching. I always refer to our videos like watching, but I got to remember that not everyone's watching. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, <laughs> I've like two things here. So like you said to me earlier. We haven't really had much of a pre-season in terms of warm-up games. A very low amount is a bit of a concern. Second thing for me is, if it was some, as much, if the COVID cases between the mid, the midweek game last week and Saturday, so Wednesday Saturday, somewhere in that gap, some players got tested for COVID. Yeah, that means if they tested positive, they should have ten days. How how can tomorrow's game go ahead but Saturday's couldn't? Oh God! I did. Does anyone know how it works anymore? I thought like if you have I like a close contact, then you've got to isolate. But maybe some of the most of the yeah, players were considered of a close contact. I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, I know what you're saying. It's been picked up between Wednesday and Saturday. Whatever the problem was, whoever's had to isolate, I understood it. If you are in that category, it's ten days, unless it was like they had to get tested and the results were back. That's the only thing I can think of yeah so have, maybe they added they sooner yeah. all the time didn't they they tested like twice a week i don't know i don't know but yeah i decided I, I don't get how it works a bit weird but it's definitely interrupted our preparation for the season not that it wasn't enough interruptions so yeah but just to sum up we've played one pre-season friendly yeah we've played really. newport, if you... newport newport in like yeah, up, but in like training match, training ground matches. Yeah, but what is it like? Three games or like forty minutes or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, that's probably. what I mean. Training ground, training yeah. pitch matches. So we've had one friendly like, against match. Plymouth, yeah. and then we and that's it. play Forest Green. What league are they even in? Uh, league two, isn't it? Right, and then Southampton, who stuffed us last year in pre-season, didn't they? Like ridiculous, like eight one. Oh, God, it was like eight eight nil or something. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, it's just go. It's going well. It's going we even better than it was last week. Yeah. Ten days to the season starts. We haven't got a manager, and we played one preseason game. Okay, so the last thing then. How much of a problem are we in currently? Um, is it just a mess like at the moment, or is this a big? Is this like a crack that's been there since we've maybe come down? All of a sudden, can't cover the crack up anymore. Or yeah. is it going to be a when the manager comes in? And are there protests incoming? I've heard rumours that protests are incoming, but like as we've as um, Abraham and Richard said on the Seattle thing, the owners that we got are absent from the basketball team that they own as well. So, I, I mean, I saw a, like a protest was going to happen in Castle Gardens. They are not going to see that at all. So I think just on that note, if you know, if if a protest needs to be hap- needs to happen with the owners, needs then the I guess probably. needs to make more sense with like the game after first game of the season. We're on Sky Saturday night. Walk that's when it needs to TV, happen. Like, yeah, do something that's, that's when it needs to be seen. So the media will see it. They'll pick up on it. There'll be news, and then you know the owners might pick up on it. But probably, yeah, you're right. And I, I'm not sure how bothered they're going to be when they're sitting in their like third holiday villa sipping on a martini anyway. <laughs> and they see some people in yeah. Castle Gardens. Look, I'm not saying don't protest and don't ask for them out. And everyone's entitled to do that. And you, you go for it. Like, do what you want to do. But maybe, like, think about the most... Um, how you can most get effective me- way yeah, of doing it. Most effective way yeah. of getting the message across. Yeah. And I think yeah. sometimes on Sky... When you've got that camera, that is Sky is what gives you all the money in football, not so much in the championship, but you know, in the Prem, it's where all the money comes from. So that's where it's going to hurt the most. And if, yeah, it, like, if that's for visibility, and then the other one is like, don't, as much as I hate to say it, isn't it? like, don't go to the game. 
no one bought a ticket. Know, and yeah. That's a big sign as well. They're the two big yeah, ways of getting your message across that something needs to change. But I, I don't think. Personally, I, I think, I think it's a big problem that's been underlying since we've come down, since the owners have taken over, um, and I think they've managed to paper over the cracks with appointing good managers. Porter was good. Some good um, loans. Cooper was good. Some good loans. That's papered over the cracks, and it could be the same again this year. But you no, know, if it's, if it is Russell Martin, he could come in, play lovely football. We may finish mid-table. That would paper over the cracks. But I think the longer this continues, we will, we will, we will be like shooting down the table. Yeah. Um, with the way they're running the club, like we said, letting players get down to the last last year of their contract, selling them for small fees, not bringing in players that can replace the quality. Um. We're running out of players. We're running out of a squad so, uh, at the moment. You mentioned in the squad now. I've got it up in front of me. <clears throat> I can't remember who was on this screen last season on the Swans where they put the first team up. Yeah, they've got the squad. So this is first team. Not under 23s, under 18s. They're different tabs. You can click on them and you can see them. They have put Rashisha. He's in there. Which makes me think we're not going to buy a right back. Cameron Evans and Brandon Cooper. Fair enough. I thought Brandon Cooper might. And Cameron Evans had a good game in the cup last year. They probably deserve the opportunity to be the fourth choice centre-back. So that's behind Bennett, Cabango and Latabodia. Bennett's not going to play all season. You know he's like with his fitness. So Latabodia and Cabango will be a partnership that's going to probably have a lot of time together. Um, Latabodia is still young himself. So... Bennett is the experience that there. Norton might maybe play centre-back too, but he's going to start right back in he because Conor Roberts is out until like end of October or something. Um, I know we mentioned in the last video about the midfield, we didn't mention Corey Smith, but we've got Corey Smith, George Byers, Felton, and Danda and Liam Walsh, if Mac Rivers leaves. Um, that's for three positions if we're going to continue to play four at the back, which is what Cooper's been playing in pre-season before he's gone. So that's five people for three positions. There's no cover there. Two of them on a bench, three of them on a pitch, one injury. Screwed. But, obviously, you've got Ollie Cooper, probably going to get a little bit more game time, I'd imagine. Cover for Danda, maybe in the 10 role, or Byers, or whoever starts there. Or Perot did play there, even. Even though I thought he was a striker, he played there for Cooper the other day. Um, Daniel Williams is listed on here in first team. I mean, this could all change with the new manager because he might not want him or you might think the class. Like, you don't know, do you? This is, I guess, in what Cooper's decided before he's gone is what the first team's going to be this season. Um, and Jordan Garrick's there as well, so he's more of a winger, of course. Um, and then you've got forwards, so if you're going to include Garrick, you're as well. Lowe, Whitaker, Kyle Joseph, Joel Pirro and Liam Cullen. It's a very, very young front line. Jamal Lowe is the like youngest one there. I know Wayne, Wayne Routledge actually isn't even on you, so has he signed a new contract? I don't know, I thought he's he did, not didn't on he? You. He's, not on, he's not on you. He's genuinely not on you. So maybe they will... Maybe he hasn't, but if he's out until like January, maybe they'll give him one then, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I've not heard, to be honest. No, I don't maybe he hasn't, actually. I think we all thought it was his last game, wasn't he? When he went off injured, we thought that was yeah. it. It could be an exciting lineup of forwards, but not experienced. It's not good enough. Like the squad is not good are enough. Are you? Maybe it was quiet in some games, but that experience definitely came through a lot last season. In when we got tough, he pulled us through it quite often. One nil, and he'll get a goal or scoring a cool penalty or whatever he was doing. His experience was there to be seen quite a lot, like last season. I don't know if any of them are going to do it. Jamal Lowe, he's, I wouldn't say he's experienced yet. He's in the mid of his career, probably. He's like 26 and he's 27, something like that. Um, but he had a late start as well because he, he didn't, he wasn't like through a youth academy or anything like that. He was a PE teacher before, wasn't he? So he, he's done it a different way where he did manage to start a lower league and has moved from a couple of clubs to work his way up. But it's, um, we struggled for goals last year. We really need this Pirot to be class. Currently, as a stance, I just, I just like just going back. I was saying about how much of a problem is that squad is not good enough. You how like okay, give young players a chance. They may be good, but they you know they may be good. You're taking a big gamble there. The young players that we've bred through recently, 
you know, um, all he had some experience next, but he didn't have enough experience last year. Yeah, but how many? How many did you name there that haven't made a first team appearance that we're probably going to have to play this year? They might have in the cup once, like one appearance. Yeah, but that's it. But I remember like players like Fulton and like McBurney and that getting game time in the Premiership. They were up, they were getting, they were coming off the bench in some games. Especially under Bradley, he had quite a few games in the Prem. Yeah, exactly. So you got players there who had experience coming in, a little bit of experience. They were ready and they were good enough, obviously. But Jay, Jay Fulton is our longest-serving player. That's, yeah, well, that says it all. That says it all. And in answer to the question before, I, say, I think we Rowlish, are in a big problem. But obviously, Rowlish isn't listed, so... I think, yeah, I think we're in a big problem. I wasn't saying about, like, the protest. I think, like, people have been upset with the owners. Um, but it takes something, like, obviously now with the manager situation and you know, the bit of a mess that we're in at the moment. People start talking about protesting. But it's always been there. It was it was always the same. When we had a bad run of results, it was like, oh, the owners are rubbish. Oh, my God, like, get rid of the owners. And then yeah. when we play well, it's sort of forgotten about. So it's either there or it's not. And I think I think it is a big problem. Um, I think it'll only actually be brought up seriously, like we said, about having, like, serious protests and, you know, maybe reluctantly not going to games and... Um, you know, doing stuff when the games are on Sky. I think that's only going to happen if the results are poor on the pitch. If we have a really bad start to the season, you know, we lose like the first ten games, which I hope doesn't happen. That's when like the uproar will come against the, the owners. The problem but... is as well when like hundred people do it, but the rest of the stadium doesn't. Then it's yeah. does it's pointless. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I would not be being negative. Like everyone's got to be on board or. Maybe it's not working, but um, and I'm not saying you should do it or shouldn't do it. That's up to you. We just you're discussing the question essentially. It's not for us to say what everyone should do and what everyone should think, but we're just discussing the question because it has been brought up on Twitter. People are organising stuff like in Castle Gardens, and if you want to go, that's fine. I hope what you're doing makes a difference. You know, um, even if I wanted to come, would. I I'm, I am not able to um, I work unfortunately and I can't even go to half the games myself but um, yeah it's, it's I'm not sure what the solution is um, but something on Sky is definitely probably for me the biggest uh, in the most effective thing because then you're going to get those pundits and commentators talking about it and it's going to be an article about it from them and, and all the rest of it and it's the only way that people outside of the club know the problems because I work with a lot of Cardiff fans and they don't really have an idea that there's problems with the owners until I say like, oh look, you know, they're not, no, not really. Yeah. Fans are not really happy with the way they're running the club, and they're like, oh okay, well it seems alright because got the playoff final and you know it all seems it seems okay, but actually behind the scenes I think there's there's a lot going yeah. wrong at the moment. But doing something like that where it's in the mainstream media. People are aware then that fans aren't happy with the owners. Yeah. Um, just looking quick before we finish through the under-23 squad, there's a couple in here. So there's Cameron Concreve. I think he could be one to watch coming uh, through. It's quite interesting because you look at the pictures and they've all got different colour kit on. Um, <laughs> whereas Daniel Williams is in here because he's in the first team. He's got like the home kit on. Last season's home kit anyway. Um, who else is in here? I think Rio Campbell, maybe, maybe a little bit too soon for him. But again, he's someone that maybe is um, one to watch. But Cameron Concrete definitely, and Scott Butler in defence as well. But we've got a couple of defenders coming through. Thing is, right, this is the under-23 squad, and this is even thin. There's only like four midfielders listed. So I'm guessing they're dipping into the under-18s. We look a bit thin. I know there was a couple signed the other day uh, from like the Premier League rechecks and stuff that dropped down and we got a couple of those in. But it's looking a lot thinner than it has in recent seasons in regards to our academy. There's just not as many people. Oh, Jeff Boney. Get him up front. Oh, yeah. He's in the under Get him in. I think we named his son Jeff. No, I didn't realise. Jeff Boney. <laughs> Wilfred Boney. Jeff Boney. Oh, he's, <laughs> he could be a legend. <laughs> Get him in. I hope he plays for the first team one day. That'd be class. Yeah, it would be and class. Is Jeff on the ball? <laughs> he might get a chance when we get down to League Two. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on that note, maybe we should uh, call it a day. It's been, <laughs> it's been just over an hour, I think, at this point. So, been a has been a good a good discussion there. As always, though, 
let us know what you think about everything we spoke about in the comments what you think about who will be our new manager who do you want to be our new manager what do you think of the Grimes situation have we got enough money for him do you think his fair fee do you think is too much um, the whole last year of his contract thing do you think you know, that's the best we're going to get do you think we'll miss him let us know in the comments below um, and of course we'd really appreciate it if you could please hit that thumbs up it really helps us grow as a channel our subscribers since we came back for the season they've been shooting up in the last week and week and a half two weeks so thank you very much everyone that has been supporting us that way um, it is the best way to catch all of our content is to subscribe and to click the little bell next to it as well because that will give you a notification every time we upload a video and then if you want to stay up to date otherwise follow us on twitter facebook and instagram twitter's our most active uh, that's where we get involved in discussions with everyone else in the fan base we're always happy to debate and talk about stuff on there obviously as um civil as, as you can you know we don't want to cause arguments or nothing we always like to have a good discussion and also if you don't want to watch on youtube you can catch us on spotify as well so our last episode was actually a special one we did in midweek between the two weekly ones. We had the guests on from Seattle Sports Union that we had on earlier th uh, this year. Um, caught up with them a little bit about how Jordan Morris has recovered from his injury, what's going on there, uh, maybe what happened with Paul Ariola, And we got their take on our owners because obviously they're Americans themselves. They've got a little bit of a background knowledge with you know, the owners, what they've done over there. They obviously own DC United. They've got some... Uh, ties with some basketball team they said didn't they um, so they got some they've dabbled in some sports over there so they've got a little bit of knowledge not loads but they've just been given a little bit of insight about what maybe we can expect and how they operate and stuff like that so it's an interesting video so check that out but thank you for watching and we'll see you in the next video see you soon see Russell you. Martin's bar me army hey, uh, if, if you're <laughs> wrong there that's you never live in that town <laughs> that's going in that out of context championship twitter that is yeah probably yeah. <laughs> see you next time see you soon sports social podcast network the match has just finished and you're on your way home what better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates you channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home just making it an injury time ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app you in our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.